Hi, everybody. I'm Steve Kenyon. Welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. We are thankful for our sponsors, Unbeatable Feeds. There is something brand new coming on September the 1st from Unbeatable Feeds. I uh, hope you'll check out their website, unbeatablefeeds.com, and you can get all the details. The Justin Boot Company, the Standard of the West since 1879, and Wrangler, the official Western Wear Pro Rodeo, long live Cowboys. It's nice to have you with us. Um, I am coming to you today from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, where the PRCA's Gem State Stampede Rodeo is underway. The rodeo in Coeur d'Alene kicked off on Thursday night, August 24th, with a PRCA Extreme Bull Riding event. The champion, Grayson Cole, who is 24 years old, 24th in the world standings. He comes from Pennsylvania, two-time champion of the First Frontier Circuit, two-time First Frontier Circuit average winner. He made an 86-point ride. Mike Corey Bull called Pretty Boy. I think I actually said it was party foul in the interview. It was Pretty Boy. Grayson Cole had a chance to visit with me when it was all said and done in Coeur d'Alene on Thursday night. Idaho, the uh, Gem State Stampede kicked off with the PRCA Extreme Bull Riding event on Thursday night. This is Grayson Cole from Pennsylvania, 86 in the long round. That wins him the title. Uh, got bucked off in a two-man shootout round, but uh, the 86-point score is enough to win him the uh, overall championship. Tell me about that 86. Uh, Mike Corey Bull, party foul, I think was his name. Tell me about that bull. Uh, he was a good bull. Tristan rode him in Jerome, Idaho for 84 and a half, so I was able to have a video and watch him and Usually, when someone goes into my hand, I'm usually pretty dominant. So, and that was a that was a pretty dominant ride. Um, the the bull in the short round, he was all there. Yeah, uh, Mike Corey said he he's been off for three months, so he was he was definitely all there. A little hop skip around the corner and kind of set me up, but. Two-time First Frontier Circuit Finals champion, one-time, I think, First Frontier Circuit champion, two-time First Frontier Circuit champion, twenty-fourth in the world. Um, you're not out of the running for this NFR thing yet. No, I'm trying to make a push from behind, so we're hoping to get it done this year. Well, Tristan Hutchings started here last year. He was 20th when he came here, and, you, and we saw what he did. Tell me about getting started riding bulls. Who did you look to? Who helped you get started? So Dustin Bowen actually got me on my first calf. National finalist from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yep, two times been there. So he was actually the one that helped me. I always looked up to him as a kid, and then just a bunch of small-town guys around there, and then... I had me and Dale and Swearingen grew up together, so we always kind of had each other's backs and always pushing each other to do, do better and everything. So even though rodeo announcers play with the Pennsylvania thing every once in a while, there is actually some pretty good bull riding talent in your neighborhood. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I, I told you to bring the bronze. Um, this bronze is given away every year here in Coeur d'Alene to the champion, the overall champion, after that, that shootout round is over. Um, you know, the, the money spends, but things like this, you're going to have forever. Yeah, I, I've never gotten a trophy like this, and it is definitely really, really cool. I was really excited to, when they announced that I that they were giving one of these away. I was like, holy snap. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll come back next year. Oh, definitely. It'd be awesome. Uh, Grayson Cole from Pennsylvania. Um, you've got a busy week ahead of you. You're going to Tremont, Utah on Friday and I, I'll bet you can stay on the West Coast all the way up through the Pendleton Roundup, huh? Yep, I'm staying out here until the Pendleton, until after Pendleton, and then I go back down to Texas, Louisiana, and then finish up hopefully in Pasadena, and then fly to Mona, Utah on the last day. 
Bull rider Grayson Cole from Pennsylvania had quite a week ahead of him from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho to Tremont, Utah on Friday to Bremerton, Washington on Saturday, back to Coeur d'Alene on Sunday. Uh, how's that for putting on some miles? On the uh, last weekend of the month of August, Pro Rodeo's regular season has got just a little more than a month to go. September the 30th will be the final day to qualify for the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. We're going to take a timeout, and when we come back... We'll keep it on the bull riding theme. A couple of pretty good Canadian Cowboys champions, Jordan Hansen and Jared Parsonage. Later on, we'll talk about producing a rodeo with one of the guys in charge of the rodeo in Coeur Lane, my friend Dave Paul. That's coming up. You are listening to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Big news coming in Unbeatable Feeds. They're launching a new forage-only feed that is going to be a game-changer for horse owners across North America. Grain-free, high-energy, low-sugar, easy-to-digest, and affordable. Super convenient. You're not going to have to soak it. I'm telling you, this is going to change how we feed horses. Check out their website, unbeatablefeeds.com, and follow them on social media so you don't miss their big announcement on September 1st, Unbeatable Feeds, a feed you can trust. Hey, y'all, this is Cody Johnson. When I was Starting out in music, most every radio station and venue I went to told me no. At that point, you got two options, tuck tail and quit, or buckle down and fight. Well, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And that's why I wear Wrangler jeans and shirts. Their toughness and style are legendary. They're an iconic symbol of the West, and there's no quit in them either. Life's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And if I'm gonna enjoy the ride, I'm riding in Wrangler. Wrangler, long live Cowboys. Looking for a place to stay during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo? For more than a decade, we've stayed at the Grandview at Las Vegas. It's a condo complex right across the street from the South Point Hotel and Casino, conveniently located both to the South Point and to everything that's going on downtown and just a short trip to the Thomas & Mack during the Wrangler NFR. The Grandview at Las Vegas, go online at dailymanagementresorts.com. During the rodeo in Coeur d'Alene, I had a chance to catch up with a couple of pretty good bull riders, both of them Canadian champions. Jared Parsonage has won the Canadian title the last two years. Jordan Hansen, Canadian champion in 2016. Both of them headed back, it looks like, to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in the top 15 right now in the PRCA's world standings. Let's hear from Jordan Hansen and Jared Parsonage at the North Idaho State Fair and Rodeo, the Gem State Stampede in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Got a chance to talk to a couple of pretty good Canadian bull riders. Jordan Hansen right here, Jared Parsonage. Jared's a two-time and reigning Canadian champion. Jordan won the Canadian title in 2016. Calgary Stampede 2021, Calgary Stampede 2023. Both of them are headed back to the National Finals Rodeo this year, so top 15 right now. Um, how's it going, Jordan? How's, how's your season? Oh, you know, it's uh, it's been good. Um, you know, it's never quite as good as a guy would like, but um, certainly not bad enough to complain. So, uh, you know, have a traveling partner up in the top 15, both of us, you know, it's pretty exciting. Jared, I my impression of you is that you started slow, won Calgary, and you haven't taken your foot off the gas since. Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, it's kind of, it was, you know, picked through the winter and got a little slow there in the spring, and Calgary kind of kick-started it again, and it's been pretty dang good. What's it like to win that rodeo? Oh, growing up as a Canadian, it's always, I always tell everybody that, and it's kind of hard to explain. It's one of those things, is that growing up as a Canadian, you want to win it kind of right in the same category as a Canadian title, so it was dang sure special to get it checked off the list. Neither one of you guys live that far from Calgary, right? Uh, actually, I, I grew up like 40 minutes south of the arena, so uh, it was really close for me. Um, Jared, I guess he's about four hours away, so, you know, between the two of us, pretty close, though. Four hours in rodeo terms is like, you know, 
that's a trip down the street to the convenience store for a big gulp. Yeah, yeah, it's really not that far. <laughs> Grand scheme of things. Uh, let me let me ask you guys a little bit about bull riding and how you got started and your style. I, I was reading, doing some some reading up on you today, Jordan. You describe your style when you ride bulls as unique, unusual. Why? Um, yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, I guess I'm a little bit you know heavier than a lot of bull riders, so I tend to ride with my knees and uh, ride ride the front a little bit more. I don't know if it's growing up riding some stronger bulls and it's just kind of what I had to do to to stay on. But uh, just uh, one of the styles, I guess. I started working for me and uh, you know just adapt from there. If it works, don't quit. I mean, there's some famous bull riders that have ridden with you know real strong. I think Jim Sharp kind of did the same thing, didn't he? Yeah, I, I wish I looked half as good as he did when he yeah. rode, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's if there's a guy at a carbon copy he would be the guy for sure um you are taller jared than most bull riders i know somebody's asked you about this before um you're six feet six one um i remember i asked bobby moat one time about being a tall bareback rider he said i don't know what life is like to be a short bareback rider i've never been one you've kind of got the same thing going what is is anything different from you styles how do you handle that uh, it's a little like I, you know, the smaller bulls are a little trickier for us, but it, it's not too big a deal. I don't think much of it. It's just kind of one of those things, being a bigger guy, it's not, I don't always look the best up there. Sometimes it's kind of ugly, but I got to get them in the average, be more consistent and ride more bulls. And if you stay on lots of bulls, they'll pay you. Sure. Makes sense. Um, so let me ask both of you guys about, you're both Canadian finalists, obviously. You're both Canadian champions. Wrangler, this may be my dumb question of the interview, fellas. I'm going to say this right up top. Six go-rounds in Canada in November, 10 in Las Vegas in December. Is there anything noticeably different for you when you're riding bulls at the Canadian Finals as there is at the, at the National Finals Rodeo? Or is that just a dumb question? Uh, no, it's not. I guess unless you've been there, um, it's it's a little different, I guess. Uh, you know, everything in Vegas is just, you know, so much more elaborate and, you know, loud. Uh, the You know, just the golden shoots even. It's something you, you look on, you watch the movies of, you see, t- see it on TV growing up. Um, Canadian finals is a little more hometown feel, I guess, to it. Um, still exciting. It's something we always grew up, you know, looking, dreaming of being there. Um, you know, it's something we've done a few more times, so it's a little more of a routine almost to be there. But, um yeah, I'd say uh, you show up in Vegas and the heart gets pumping a lot more. What was the biggest oh my god moment when you got to Las Vegas last year? Oh, I think probably just realizing how big it is in the whole city. Like the, I've never really spent much any time around it until last year, and you pulled in there, and that whole city turns turns around for the NFR. That's all that's going on. He, cab drivers, everybody, and just like realizing how big it was. You're th- you're 30 years old. You started rodeoing professionally. I think 2012, 2013. Was last year the first year you really tried to get to Las Vegas? Yeah, probably haven't. Yeah, for sure. I've always gone to a handful of rodeos. Jordy will always give me heck because I'd never go anywhere, never leave home. I never want to leave home. I'm a real homebody. And then last year kind of did good in Canada and kind of was in a good position to give her a try. So I said, heck, why not? We're this far into it. Stuck it out for the summer. I don't think I... I went a little bit, went in the winter, won a little, and then none in the spring. And then I actually never even really started coming down here till Cheyenne last year, and wow. then went hard from Cheyenne on. And yeah, here we are. <laughs> so, and, and it, what's interesting about that to me is if you had any reason in the world to not want to leave home, last year would have been the year because you became a new dad. Yeah, what a yeah, what a funny time in life to <laughs> decide you want to go rodeo. And <laughs> that's what my wife says, anyways. Yeah, you know. We got a pretty, I'm pretty lucky. I got a lot of stuff going on at home and, you know, him, Cade being one of them now, and it makes it a little harder to leave home. But when there's opportunity like this out there and you kind of something you've always grew up dreaming of and you're in this position, you're crazy not to. One more question for you, and then I want to get Jordan back in this. 
I, I don't think I'm, I'm lying when I say the NFR did not quite go the way you wanted it to last year, Jared. What did you, what did you learn? What did you take away? Um, when you get back there this year, how do you make things go differently than they did for you last year? Yeah, it was frustrating to say the least because I'm a guy that's used to being pretty consistent all the time. And there's no doubt it didn't go my way. And, and you know, just change some things, work on some things, and, you know, just go at her again. It's one bullet at a time and go away. It'll, you know, with a positive attitude and everything, and that'll work out. And I don't know, everybody thought that I might not even try and rodeo again, but there's one thing about doing it, ba- doing bad. It either makes you want to go home or makes you mad and want to go try again. And it made me mad and want to try again. So hopefully get back there this year. So, Okay, so let me ask you guys about traveling together. Um, traveling partners, I think, are very important, aren't they? You got You, you want to hang out with because you're going to spend more time with him than you are with with your family, and he he with you than he is with his family. If you're traveling with somebody who's a negative Debbie Downer, it's kind of not very much fun, is it? No, no, not at all. It's like you said. You honestly, you spend more time with your traveling partner than you do your family a lot of the time. You know, we we're gonna go home for two days here, at, um, say on Sunday, Monday, and then we got to leave again Tuesday and. Geez, I'm stuck with him again for another few weeks. So, um, yeah, that's it's definitely someone you want to get along with. And, you know, lucky for us, uh, well, at least on my behalf, I don't know, he might think otherwise. But uh, yeah. well, I like to think we get along pretty good and, you know, hold each other accountable and, uh, you know, just kind of build off of each other as well. So so I, there's a part of me that really wants to get you guys just jabbing at each other, but I, <laughs> I would not do that. Tell me a good Jared Parsonage story. Tell me about Jared. Oh, boy. Remember, he's going to get the same question. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Oh, jeez. Um, Who drives the most? Ooh, it kind of depends. You it, recently, it's been him. I'll admit that. Okay. Recently, he's been driving. I remember one time we uh, we ended up in. Uh, this was one of the first trips we actually went down to the states, and um, we ended up in one bar and decided we wanted to hit the punching bag machine. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why we just needed to try it, and I uh, lost Jared for about twenty minutes and look back and he's got a whole bunch of ones rolled up in his fingers ready for the boxing machine with a glass of scotch <laughs> and i realized that's a guy i think i can get along with this guy yeah. and yeah tell, tell me about jordan oh i don't know there's i don't even know where to start but he would be easy jordy is well we're built a little different i don't know how people mix us up sometimes because we look nothing you're kidding <laughs> but if there's anything if you want jordy to ride bulls good at night you gotta feed him before the okay, bull riding yeah. that night you gotta feed him if you don't feed him he might as well just turn out grouchy can't stay on nothing you gotta feed him <laughs> well there's a here at this rodeo on quarter lane there's a great spread right over there so you go make sure you get yourself something to eat before we start have you ever been on an airplane and the person sitting next to you stri- strikes up a conversation before you start watching the movie or go to sleep or whatever. And say, so what do you do? Well, I ride bulls. And they say, you do what? I mean, why would somebody want to risk? Has that, what do you tell people when that comes up? Well, my uh, most recent answer is I didn't want a real job. That's, uh, that's usually my go-to. And then they, they usually laugh and say, well, that's fair. And yeah. then they usually have no more argument after that. Um, yeah, and then... It seems to be, uh, that's my go-to answer. Yeah. The good news is it's starting to pay a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty good. You get some funny looks, but I don't know, like where I come from and stuff like that, it's it's pretty pretty much part of the culture, so it's kind of cool. And when people know who you are and kind of what you do, it's it's good. And, you know, when you can give those answers, be like, that's how you make your living. Like, yeah, it's pretty darn good. And it's go. cool. Uh, Jared Parson at Jordan Hansen. Guys, thank you. I appreciate it. Good luck tonight. You bet. Thanks, Steve.
Thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun. Jordan Hansen, the 2016 Canadian final uh, champion, and Jared Parsonage, who's won the Canadian title the last two years. Both of them were England National Finals rodeo qualifiers. I caught up with them during the North Idaho State Fair and rodeo the Gem State Stampede in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Speaking of the Gem State Stampede, this rodeo has shown a lot of growth. They've done a lot of things right in Coeur d'Alene. We'll talk to one of the people in charge of that rodeo committee take you behind the scenes in the production of a rodeo with Dave Paul from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, coming up on the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Prefer is proud to introduce estate fencing. This unique all-metal fence uses the same swedge connecting rail as our popular Ponderosa fence, allowing it to flow beautifully along the contour of your land. With rails and posts constructed from galvanized material covered with an architectural grade powder coat finish, it resists fading, rust, and other outdoor conditions. This fence is strong enough to last a lifetime and safe enough to house livestock. Best of all, no welding required. For more information, visit prefertfence.com. Cowboying is in our blood. Cowboying is in our bruises. It's in our rain-soaked jackets. In our calloused hands, tested by barbed wire and rope. Our mud-stained boots to the crown of our resist-all hat. You live out west for even the shortest time, and there's one thing you learn. You can't pretend out here. Resist-all. We live it every day. Steve Kenyon Podcast is being sponsored by the Justin Boot Company. Standards tell us to work hard and never give up. Standards that drive our dreams and our desires to take risks for a better outcome in life. Standards we put into every pair of boots we make to this day. The Justin Boot Company, the standard of the West since 1879. Well, the Coeur d'Alene, Idaho Rodeo, the uh, Gem State Stampede, which is part of the North Idaho State Fair, is a growing event. It's not the biggest rodeo on the PRCA, but it is a group of people, a committee, a board of directors of 10 that work really hard and have made some major improvements both to their arena, to their arena footing. Their, their arena actually sits on an old riverbed, and they had a huge problem with rocks, and they scraped out two feet of dirt and brought in all new dirt, won an award from the WPRA last year. There are a lot of rodeo committees across the country that all work really 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 hard and i've been affiliated with this rodeo for give or take the last 20 years i think probably more than 20 years now that i've been announcing in Coeur d'Alene, and i've had a chance to see all of the growth that has taken place i visited with dave paul dave is the man in charge of the board of directors and the rodeo committee at the north idaho fair and rodeo the gem state stampede here's what he had to say about producing their rodeo we're sitting in something called the silver buckle club which is a very very nice vip area this is dave paul who is uh, the man in charge of the rodeo committee here um dave you and i are talking before the first performance of your rodeo um how many months has it been ever since the end of August last year when last year's rodeo ended that you started planning for this year? How, how much time does it take it, to make it, this all happen? Yeah, I know it actually is. I mean, we start, we get, we gather back up in September after, you know, the rodeo and then kind of put together a list of things we should have done the year before that we didn't. And we're going to do, we, we made a list a whole page long of things we were going to work on over the winter and the spring and, and everything else. And I mean, it's nine guys, nine guys and girls, you know, on our committee and stuff. So, It's not a big committee. 
I mean, there are rodeo committees out there with thousands of volunteers and directors all over the place. How many people, if you include the volunteers, the directors, the committee people, the folks that help from the fairgrounds are involved in putting this all together? Yeah, so there's actually, I think there's 10 of us on the committee now. We added an individual and uh, we got 10 committee members. Of course, you know, the fair board and the, the staff at the fairgrounds are great help, you know, Shanda and Alexia and so on. But the 10 of us on the committee, all volunteers, and then we probably have, I think I've got 20 other volunteers that, and they come, they come to all our meetings, the volunteers come to our meetings, and then they, they come and we have work days, we have meetings, planning meetings, and, and all those kinds of stuff. So 10 of us on the committee, uh, the, the fair fund or the fair board and the, the staff and then about 20 volunteers um you guys have done a lot with this rodeo um the silver buckle club was a work in progress for several years really i think before uh this beautiful structure that we're sitting in now but big things like the arena out here sits on an old riverbed and two three years ago you got into a project where you basically had to go in and scrape out how much dirt to get all the rocks out of the riverbed out of this arena. Yeah, I actually started, I think it was two years ago, at our Friday performance of the rodeo, you remember, and, and we had the con concerts and motocross and all those things right ahead of the fair. It rained, hard pan underneath, rocks. We had a couple barrel horses go down, had some individuals from Terror Underground and a few of our other companies out here that were in the Silver Buckle Club that night the next morning they had rippers in here and we ripped the thing and set a plan actually that morning after the friday performance to completely redo the arena and we essentially took they did they took all the dirt out of the arena 18 i think we went 18 inches or two feet deep and of course you know, rocks and took all the dirt out and then essentially sent a couple of people on the fair, fair staff to ground school and, uh, and then layered it we just layered it upon layers to get the ground really, really good. And then, you know, I mean, last year, it's the best ground we ever had. Won an award from the WPRA. Yeah, best ground in the Columbia Rivers. Went from the worst ground, <laughs> you know, unfortunately. Uh, and we worked really hard that year on the ground, you know, and we just couldn't make it right, you know. And we, we have a vet on our committee. And, uh, you know, it's really, really important to all of us to have good ground. And that was a huge investment by the, by the fair board, by the community. All the, the companies that helped do it, volunteered their time, the, the dirt. You know, it was, it was a summer-long project. The group that puts this rodeo on, how, I know you guys in particular spend a lot of time talking to other people, other committees. What do you talk about? What do they ask you? The, the rodeo here in Coeur d'Alene, the reason I wanted to do this interview is the rodeo here in Coeur d'Alene to me has made progress every year. You have improved every year, and I've been announcing this thing for... 20 some years and i've seen it year after year after year what do you talk about when you visit with other committees yeah, and we have i'm on the columbia river circuit committee board too and and we have two or three meetings a year and it's it's a really good in fact this last couple of years we got a whole bunch of committees together in april and we sit down and talk about what are you doing in Coeur d'Alene? what are you doing in sandpoint what are you doing in you know moses lake or whatever and and just kind of share ideas, you know, and, and particularly a, a lot of stuff. We've talked a lot of animal safety stuff, you know. We're In fact, I told you right after this, we're going to do a, a little trial run to make sure if something goes down, we can get in, get the animal out, taken care of properly without any, you know, undue attention and stuff. So it's just a lot of that. But it, and then it's continued progress. How do you fill your stands, you know? How do you, and that's what a lot of 
committee struggle with, we don't here. I mean, no. we've been sold out for months, pretty much, you know. And, and for years. I remember yeah. um, when I first started announcing, Sunday afternoon, like at 1 o'clock, um, and people be coming in and sitting down in the grandstands at 10, 30, or 11. It's like that every year. Yeah. I think well, I moved here 28 years ago, and my kids were babies. And we came to the rodeo, and you had to put, um, like, blankets up on the stands or you wouldn't get a seat. We never used to charge for the rodeo. And I think it was probably seven or eight years ago we started to charge for the rodeo, and we were all nervous because we had never done that before with people show up, and it's been sold out ever since. So the, you mentioned filling up the stands. Your rodeo, one of the things that your rodeo has done that has been unique is – you know, we all know that there are some numbers that have been short, particularly in the riding events, particularly in the bareback riding. The rodeo here in Coeur d'Alene, the Gem State Stampede, has been very aggressive trying to help the Columbia River Circuit put together a program to entice bareback riders to come to our events. Talk yeah, about that. Exactly. So, Zach Bain, and you know, Zach, in fact, Zach was the main person responsible for building the Silver Buckle Club, he and Katie. But uh, we were at uh, the circuit finals several years ago, and the whole debate in the committee meetings was bareback riders. Right. And me and Zach drove back. I think it was in Redmond or whatever. We drove back, and we brainstormed all the way home and said, we got to solve the problem instead of complaining about it. So we put together this, this bare, bareback and saddle bronc riding school. <clears throat> I think this year was our fifth, fourth or fifth year. And we went back to the circuit, and we asked all the other committees if they would help sponsor. And uh, we have, I don't know, probably 20 other circuit rodeos that sponsored. Uh, we kind of coordinate it. This year, Canby Group came down and helped us. They brought 50 panels and set everything up. And we do it in Pendleton the last several years. Big school. Big school. We had uh, we have to cap it. We cap it at 34 kids. And we use a lot of the circuit guys. Ryan Gray's helped every year this last year. Tate, Jesse, and Tim Dietrich all come down. So th those guys are actually traveling with these guys. So they they kind of take these kids under their wing. And two of the kids that were at our school this year are staying at my house this weekend. Really? Yeah, Mike Reed and Cole. Wow. And uh, they've stayed here a couple of times this summer. And, and, you know, they wouldn't have been here coming entering our rodeo hadn't they been going to the school that we've been doing. So... All the, the circuit, the Columbia River circuit's been very progressive, I think, in doing that. But a couple more questions. I want to let you get, get going and get to your meeting. I, I'm always interested in, as somebody who takes advantage every week as an employee of rodeo committees, um, in what entices you guys, what inspires you to do the amount of very hard volunteer work that you do to put these things together. Uh, this used to be kind of a, of a stock contractor production, and now it's become a committee production through the years as more and more people have gotten involved in being on the board of directors and, and, and working on this rodeo. What, why give all that time? Why work so darn hard on this thing, Dave? Good question, you know, but, but it's all about the sport, you know, and we just got done three weeks ago. Our committee put on a junior rodeo. That's our, it was our ninth annual. And we had 200 kids, you know, and it's all about kind of, you know, creating an event for the community, but uh, continuing to, to make rodeo work, you know, and, and stuff. So all 10 people on our committee are invested. They all come, they all help at the Bronx School. They all come and help. That junior rodeo was, was incredible. We actually put Washington State High School Rodeo on here in May, which was as filled as this place was with 
you know, Saturday night at the rodeo. I mean, it was huge. And our whole committee, they all come down. It's just, it's investing in the sport. And it's and the, the neat thing about working with just 10, 10 volunteers basically is we're all in it for the same thing. It's just this is, you know it's just fun. We all enjoy each other. We enjoy putting the events on. It is a lot of work, um, but but when you get done and you get all that feedback from the junior rodeo moms and dads and say, wow, that was that was like going to a pro rodeo, you know, because we had our whole committee running calves and steers and you know everything else and and stuff. So it's kind of the 10 people have been here a long time. Uh, we want to do it right, you know, we're all in it to, to do the very best job that we can to put the rodeo on, go fast, clean, you know, in and out, and, and, and you know, for the community. I mean, you see, I, I think I've told you, I, I rodeoed my whole life. You rode bulls. Rode bulls. And uh, you come to Coeur d'Alene, and, and it's crazy. I mean, um, I remember Mark McMillan, when he, his kids came, first, the time they came up and did the trick riding, they were like, that's the loudest crowd we've ever seen. Yeah. You know, so it's pretty cool. Um, what do you do? last question? So a rodeo committee comes to you and says, hey, you guys have grown. You've gotten bigger. You fill your stands up every single performance. Um, you've been able to increase your added money on a fairly consistent basis. What advice do you give other rodeos? Keep at it, you know, and, and I think like what we've done is, is just reach out to the community. And the, like, like, you know, two years ago, the, some friends of ours that are sponsors saw what we were going through jumped in and said what can we do to help you know but we became friends with them through the process so it wasn't like we're just asking for their money we become their friends you know and jordan tractor i mean you know they we needed a tractor this weekend they said what do you need we'll have it there you know and so i think it's just invest in the community we're all very highly invested in the community so we invest in our sponsors and make them a part of it and and stuff and then our biggest challenge is is we're trying to figure out how do we get more capacity here because we could add another 2,000 seats and we, I think we would still sell out you know and so we're gonna that's our next big step is how do we how do we get that done so we can't really afford to keep growing the rodeo if we can't keep growing the crowd because we can't pay for it and and that's a challenge and I think a lot of committees are struggling with that too a lot, of, a lot of committees are struggling with that. You're right. Dave, I appreciate it. And I know you got a lot to do. Uh, we're going to kick this thing off this weekend. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thanks, Steve. Dave, Dave Paul from the Gem State Stampede Rodeo, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Dave Paul with the Gem State Stampede Rodeo in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. The uh, rodeo in Coeur d'Alene has been one I've been uh, the announcer for for a long time, and I love coming to Coeur d'Alene. The crowds are always big and loud, and uh, John Harrison's here this year, uh, award-winning specialty act. Jill uh, Loden is the award-winning music director. We've got just a great crew, and it is a fun rodeo in Coeur d'Alene. Let's talk about a rodeo committee giving back before we wrap up the show this afternoon. The Silver State Stampede is in Elko, Nevada. And Elko is not far from Winnemucca, Nevada. Winnemucca, the home of bareback rider Trenton Montero. The rodeo in Homedale, Idaho, a new PRCA rodeo earlier this month. Trenton had a horse roll over on him and he was injured very severely. And he is a brand new dad. He's got a baby boy at home and is only about a month old. Uh, Trenton needs some help. They've had a lot of surgeries. There is more medical care coming. He's in the hospital in Boise. Um, and long story short, you've read, 
read some things on ProRodeo.com. We've shared some things about Trenton on our social media, but he has had a very, very, very difficult time, and he is still in the hospital, and he's still um, got a lot of healing and a lot of recovering to do. The Silver State Stampedes, Pat Laughlin joined me recently, and we talked about a challenge that they put out there to other rodeo committees. Uh, give $1,000. The Silver State Stampede did that. Here's what Pat had to say about this whole process of trying to help out Trenton Montero. It kind of came about a couple of years ago with uh, J.R. Verzane when, when they were raising money for uh, for his uh, wheelchair, you know, a track chair, I guess is what the correct terminology is. And uh, it just came to me when I was wandering around thinking like I do sometimes and <laughs> probably driving, I would imagine. But I thought, you know what, we need to, you know, get the committees and stuff more involved and stuff like this. So I thought to my, myself, you know, talk to my wife, Kathy, and let's, uh, let's put a challenge out there to, you know, we'll put up so much money and challenge the other committees throughout the rodeo world to jump in and match it and help. And, and it really took off. And, uh, so that's kind of, I just was thinking back on what we did there. And I thought this was a perfect opportunity to try to raise some money for Trenton, uh, Nevada boy, and of course we know him. Everybody knows the Monteros in Nevada, and uh, so that's kind of how it came about. I asked my wife to do a little post, and and it just kind of has been rolling pretty good, I guess. It's how it looks like. So that's kind of how it started. Tell me what you are asking rodeo committees to do exactly, and have you already gotten some response? This has been out there for a, a little less than a week, I guess. Now, uh, what's the response been so far? Yeah, we, uh, I'm not really that great on the social media stuff, but my wife is very good at it. And uh, so she tagged a bunch of different uh, rodeos, circuit rodeos, the Wilderness Circuit people, uh, Columbia River Circuit, because that's kind of where he, he is, uh, goes to a lot. But anyway, uh, yeah, and I just I just thought to myself, well, you know what, let's start with a, just pick a number that any any committee, you know, can I think can match. So we just came up with a number of a thousand dollars. You know, it's not going to put a strap on anybody. So we just came up with that number of a thousand dollars. Let's put the thing out there as a challenge to other committees. And uh, it's just really taken off. And I know that, uh, for instance, uh, Wade Sankey had reached out to us through social media and he, he donated some money. I'm not, I can't tell you exactly how much or anything like that, but, uh, he kind of was like, you know, not a committee, but he's like, well, you know, anybody can jump in there and help out. So I think the thing is kind of rolling pretty good. But that's awesome. I think there's still some there's still some more people that uh, and committees that uh, uh, we, we could uh, get out to, you know. So that's what we're hoping for. You're in Elko. Trenton's from Minnesota or from from Winnemucca, Minnesota. Winnemucca. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tell me about the Montero family, and I mean, there there really is. That's a if you're in Nevada and you're in the rodeo business, or you're in the ranching business or the horse business, that's a pretty well known family. Uh, yeah, they have uh, in the northern northern Humboldt County and stuff. They have been, uh, I mean, generations and generations of ranchers there. They were his, I believe, it would be Trenton's grandfather or maybe great grandfather, Frenchy Montero, was a uh, a great friend of my father's who at the time uh was uh ran the government predator control pro- uh 
projects and stuff in Nevada. So them having a lot of sheep, of course, you need uh, you know a lot of predator control to help the sheep herders out and sheep producers. So that's they ended up being great friends, and that's you know you know forty fifty years ago. So that's uh, but they are very well known family and down to earth, just solid. Solid, solid people, just yeah. like so many people here in Nevada. That's Pat Laughlin from the Silver State Stampede in Elko, Nevada, reading from the PRCA's website, prorodeo.com. Bareback rider Trenton Montero qualified for the NFR in 2019, was severely injured August 10th at the rodeo in Homedale. Following Montero's 79-point ride, his horse fell on him, resulting in multiple injuries. Montero remains hospitalized at St. Alphonsus Trauma Center in Boise. Trenton's wife, Maria, said, We are so grateful and thankful for everyone's support. Hearing everyone's words of encouragement has shown how grateful we are for our community and the family and friends that we have. You may send donations to Trenton Montero, P.O. Box 1010, Winnemucca, Nevada, 89446. Trenton Montero, P.O. Box 1010, Winnemucca, Nevada, 89446. And uh, we'll try to keep you up to date as we hear new news about hopefully Trenton's recovery and him getting back home to his family very, very soon. Thanks for joining us for the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Some weeks we'll uh, have three or four guests like to show you this hurt. Some will focus on one guest for the entire hour. Some One of the shows we're working on that's coming up before long, we're going to dig a little deeper into the Governor's Cup, that big rodeo in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, this coming the final weekend of Pro Rodeo's regular season, just a little more than a month away. Thanks for joining us. I'm Steve Kenyon. This is the Steve Kenyon Podcast.